Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Many of the priests, because there were so many, served their entire career and never got an opportunity to go into the temple and burn incense before God. But on this particular day that Luke is telling us about, the lot fell to Zechariah, and there's no doubt that he was very excited for the opportunity. Little does Zechariah know that there awaits for him when he gets in there a greater honor, one that will include him in God's messianic plan. Now, before we move on, I want you to notice what Luke reveals about God's perspective of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Notice verse 6. They were both righteous before God. That, this was God's perspective of them. That these two are righteous before me, and they walk blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Now, the importance of that statement is really not clear until you bring verse 7 in to bear upon it. And I want you to look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, but. So God's perspective is they are righteous. God's perspective is they are walking blamelessly in the law. I'm proud of them, but. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. Now let me give you a little contextual uh, point here because this, this helps to clear the waters and make things more clear. In that culture, barrenness was seen as a judgment of God because of some sin. You get the point? In that culture, barrenness, inability to conceive a child and bring it forth, was considered to be a judgment. God is judging that couple because of some transgression in their life. Yes, Zechariah was a priest. Yes, Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. But from the cultural perspective, the whispers on the street would have been that there must be some transgression. Maybe it's Zechariah's. Maybe it's Elizabeth's. But for some No unknown reason, God is blocking their ability to conceive, and it could only be because there's some iniquity that is found in them. That would have been the popular accepted thought about the situation. God blesses the the righteous with children. He curses the sinful with barrenness. And that brings me to my first truth point this morning. My first truth point is this, that the ways of God are not always evident in the everyday ebb and flow of life. You say, Pastor Mike, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. I mean that you cannot always say that when something seems to be flourishing, it must be because they're right with God, and when things seem to be going south, it's because they're not right with God. You can't always say that. And you know, I I see that today, and I want to speak to this for just a moment. I I see this mindset today in the church growth movement. Basically, if you know anything about that, and if you're plugged into that that realm of of our world, if if you're pastoring some small church, then the idea is is that uh, it means probably the pastor or the congregation are not doing something right. There, There must be something amiss there, or they wouldn't be small, because living things grow. And blessed things grow. Conversely, if your ministry is not growing, if it's not expanding, if it's not exploding, then you must be doing something wrong. 
And uh, if you want it to explode, then you need to start doing things right. You've got to repent of sin or, or get your old-fashioned ways fixed because something's obviously amiss. Well, I have a question for that. And my question is this. Well, what about the churches that have been growing and growing and growing and growing by leaps and bounds, and then we find out down the road that the leadership was living in sin all along? Whoo, that kind of throws an arrow in the bucket, doesn't it? Now, my point is really not about church growth. My point here is just this, that in the ebb and flow of life, God's ways are not always evident. There's not always a correlation between righteousness and unrighteousness, things just exploding or things not, not exploding. It's not, always, it's not always a direct correlation there. And in the case of Zechariah and Elizabeth, their barrenness had nothing to do with their walk with God. God made sure that it was recorded. They walk righteously. They are blameless in the law, yet they are barren. You see, it was the preordained plan of God that they would be barren for a time. What seems like a status quo and decline to others who are not qualified to judge was actually God carrying out a greater plan that no one, not even Zachariah or Elizabeth, could have seen coming. I find it interesting that, you know, God's plan is not always what we think it would be. God's plan for Zachariah and Elizabeth did not include a house, a picket fence, and 2.5 children playing in the backyard. No, God had a special purpose for them, one that had redemptive ramifications. Well, that brings us then to Gabriel and his appearance to Zachariah there in the temple. So Zechariah is in Jerusalem, and the lot fell to him to perform the service of offering incense in the temple, and he goes in to do his ministry. And while there, the Bible says an angel. Do you like my little flannel graphs are out, but I think, I think you know, graphic images on the screen are in. But you know, when those things happen, it sends a shock through your body, doesn't it? But it, it, it comes and it goes very quickly. It's there, and then it passes. But, but the scripture says here, Luke says that, that Zechariah had a continual fear. Fear fell on him, and a more actual literal translation of Luke's words would be that he was terrorized. He was in terror. I don't know for sure, because the scripture doesn't give us the details of what Gabriel's appearance was like, but I'm pretty certain, based on the fact that he just didn't, you know, I mean, if it was just another man, look, the person looked like another man, it would have been startled and then passed, and that's it. So I gotta believe that Gabriel was. the light, the wings, the who knows what. I mean, he just really blew him away. And Gabriel gets down to business. And notice what Gabriel says to him. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. You have no need to fear. I'm not here for bad. I'm here for blessing. Your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Wow. After all those years. And now God has sent this angelic being to tell me I'm going to have a son. But I want us to stop for a moment and think about what the angel said. The angel said that God has heard your prayer. I'm wondering, anybody ever doubted that God was hearing their prayer? Are you brave enough to say, I I have had doubts that he was hearing me? I, I have. I'll bet you have too. But I'm wondering, he says God has heard your prayer. Which prayer is he talking about? 
Is he talking about that first prayer, perhaps, that, that uh, Zachariah offered way back when, when him and Elizabeth were really young, and they had kind of come to the point where they decided, you know, we, I think we'd like to have a family, so let's get started on that. And, you know, maybe we should ask God to bless us with fertility. Was it that prayer? Was it the prayer that perhaps Zachariah and Elizabeth offered after years, where month after month of disappointment kept showing up? And it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it's been 10 years, and good night, man. I mean, how many more months can we be disappointed? Or was it the prayer, perhaps, that they offered as they were really getting on in years, and uh, there's still the pos- it's still possible, but boy, we're really coming down. This is really, we're getting down there now. God, we need your help. I wonder if maybe it's possible that as he got this honor to stand before the Holy of Holies, even though he was old and she was old. I just wonder, is it possible that maybe he whispered up a prayer? I, I don't know. But the, but the answer to the question is, which prayer did God hear? He'd heard them all. He had heard every single one of them. God had been hearing all of Zachariah's prayers. And what Zachariah did not know was that God had already answered his prayer before he'd even prayed the first one. Zachariah, just like us, needed to learn a lesson. And that lesson is this, that there is a time and a season for answers. The time and the season for praying is always. The time and the season for answers is not always immediate. And that leads us to this truth point. God always hears and answers our prayers. To us, it may seem like he doesn't hear because we don't see the answer coming immediately. But but you can be assured that there's always an answer. Sometimes God's answer is no. How many of you have received a no? Mm -hmm. Sometimes God's answer is yes. How many of you have received a yes? Sometimes God's answer is yes, but you must wait for the appointed time. And such was God's answer for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, it's at this point that I want to come back to the meaning of their names. Remember, I gave you the meaning of their names earlier on. I want to come back to that because right now is where it becomes very significant. Remember that Zechariah means, say it with me, Yahweh remembers. And Elizabeth's name means God is my oath, which is pointing toward the faithfulness of God. How many years was it that they were barren? Well, I'm assuming that they probably got married Before they were 20, that was very common in that time frame. And now they're too old to have children, so they're older than I am. I'm 58. you got to believe that during those 30 or 40 years, that those meanings were like daggers in the heart. God has remembered. He hasn't remembered me. God is my faithfulness. He's not been faithful in this particular case. Come on now. you thought that way, haven't you? I have thought that way. No doubt their names were daggers in the heart. If we don't see immediate answers, we are prone to think that God has not heard, that God does not care. But God had not forgotten them, nor was he neglecting them. Before they even came together on their wedding night to consummate their marriage, God already had a pathway laid out for them to become parents. They didn't know that, but God did. Parents of a special child. A child who would have the singular distinction 
as the forerunner, the one who would make the way straight, the one who would prepare the ministry pathway for the Messiah. How foolish would it have been for them to abandon God along the way? How foolish it would have been, how short-sighted to accuse God of not caring for them or not loving them. I'm sure that Satan tried to interject that into their lives, but, but they didn't bite. Despite their disappointment, despite their doubts, despite their fears, despite the whispers of those who said they were being judged for some iniquity, nonetheless, God's testimony that they were righteous and that they were blameless in the law proves that they continued to walk faithfully with God. And when the appointed time came, Zechariah heard these words. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he will be filled, notice this, I can't wait to talk about this down the road, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him, that is before the Messiah, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. This was a greater answer to his cumulative prayers than he could have ever dreamed. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.